Hey everyone, welcome back to the Digital Church Toolkit podcast. I'm here with uh, a good longtime friend of mine, Benj Lyon. Benj is on staff at a church, heads up the comms at a church uh, in the UK. I'm going to let him introduce himself, but I'm really excited about um, getting into some of the nitty gritty of church marketing and reframing that conversation with him today. So Benj, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people uh, kind of where you are, what you do, uh, kind of some of your church context. Thank you. Well, Yes. Hello, everybody who's listening. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, it's really exciting to be here and seeing what's happening in the world of church uh, marketing and communications. Um, so as Pete's saying, um, I work for a church called Living Rock Church, and we're uh, based in the Midlands of uh, the UK. So if you're overseas, the Midlands is kind of in the middle of the country. We're not really near anywhere, but we're also quite close to everywhere. So it's quite a good position. I once got a train to your church, Benj, many years ago. Yes. And you probably got a train to somewhere that wasn't by the church. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember someone picking me up from the train station and driving for quite a while till we got. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So we're um we're not in a city. Um we we own our own building. That building is in a village. Um it's it's quite easy to get to, you know, by car, but if you want to get a train or anything like that, it's not as easy. Um, so we're perhaps a little bit different to maybe most churches of our size, um, who I guess would be in in cities. Um, but yeah, we're we're based in the Midlands. We have four uh, four congregations, four locations across the Midlands. Um, we also have eight uh, congregations in Kenya that um, are a part of Living Rock Church. Um, and then another four also in Kenya that we're sort of working alongside. Um, and with with plans to sort of keep growing and to keep planting out new places as time goes on. So we've got plans to plant out in 2020 and then it will be on from there. Um, so that's that's a bit about us as a church. So you talk about size, Ben, just just so I can, just so the audience fully understand kind of like your capacity and what kind of you're dealing with like what what's kind of the combined uk congregation and then how big's your team in terms of like your role in the church yeah so we have um i would say between 550 and 600 uh people uh, in the uk so that's adults and children um we're with a larger group kind of in our central location and then it's a little bit smaller in the other places um they've obviously started more recently so they're they're still very much um early um and yeah there's there's myself i'm kind of heading up our team here there's another guy who works full-time in the media communications department with me um and then we also have another guy who sort of volunteers his time uh, one day a week Fantastic. so he comes in and helps out for a little bit so but yeah two of us full-time one more voluntarily great and so you're you're the what head of comms head of media and comms <laughs> uh, head of media and communications um plus a bunch of other stuff of course uh, as is the way in in the world of the church <laughs> yeah many hats many hats um and so you handle the church website social media channels design um anything else i'm not including in there uh, yeah, uh, photography, video, branding, anything around Sundays, stage design, podcast, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. tech support. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, make, make Turn it on and off again. Copies every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you tried Googling it? <laughs> <laughs> Try Googling it like the rest of us. Yeah, that's... <laughs> don't tell any of the agency clients, but half our job is, I'm going to Google that. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, that's that's really good. So um, I think the first question I wanted to ask you was around this phrase, church marketing. And why don't you kind of talk about, um, talk a little bit like your thinking behind, like how do you market yourself as a church? What's your thinking behind when you come to that kind of thing? And um, like what, what are you finding is getting kind of bums on the seats, so to speak? Or is that something you don't even try focusing on yeah well it's a great question and um you know perhaps is is one of the biggest questions that we we consider in this sort of um this role of of media communications and and all of that um it's it's something that i um i find a little bit of a funny thing to think about because you know our uh, the reason why we're here, the reason the church is here is is to reach the lost, is to love people, is to introduce them to Jesus. And and I truly believe that um, that my role, our role in, in media and communications is to very much support that vision and that mission. Um, and that doesn't always look like bums on seats, um, people coming through the doors. Um, I, I would hate for us to ever become a church where all we're focused on is is Sunday meetings because you know that's that's one hour, two hours out of the entire week, um, and and I believe the church is called to use all of those other hours as well to reach people. Um, it doesn't matter if that's in a building or not. We're called to reach our neighbours and our friends. Um, so when when you you think about marketing as a church, um, that's kind of how I want to approach it. I, I don't want to think how can we get people into our building? But I want to think, um, how do we communicate the message of the gospel? How do we communicate the love of Jesus um, in the communities that we're in? And I think that looks different depending on where your church is is physically located. Um, you know, if, if like us, you're in a church that's kind of more um, villages or towns, um, you tend to have a real uh, a real community aspect in those places. They're a bit smaller, so um, people tend to know each other more. Um, it's just got a totally different vibe to kind of a big city where you might tend to have younger people, perhaps. Um, so, so the people are totally different. The needs of the community are different. And therefore, when I think about how do we market ourselves as a church, I want to think, how can we meet those needs? And what do those people need? Um, cause that's why we're here. We're, we're here yeah, to help yeah. them first and foremost. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of w- what I would think about it and how I'd approach it. Um, so how does that look like practically for you in terms of, um, like, I love what you're saying about kind of reframing church marketing to make it less about bums on seats, so to speak. Um, and more about, how do we reach people with the gospel? Um, so how does that change how you kind of, in terms of what your actual output is? So um, like, w- what 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 does that mean? Um, so, you know, there could be a communications manager listening and like, I love that idea, but I don't actually know how that's going to change what I do tomorrow morning. First thing I'd probably say is um, something that I found really helpful is to have some good conversations and chats with the leadership of our church and just to make sure that that what I'm thinking is also along the same lines as as them their vision for the church because I want the work that I put you know the physical work that I produce I want it to line up with their vision and mission um I want our team to be as much of a part of that as as the kids work team as the Sunday's team the youth you know all of that should be 
you know, in line with a singular vision and mission. This is why we're here. Um, so I, I think that's really important. And then uh, when it comes to the, again, the physical work, I think, should I spend uh, 80% of my time advertising internal events, advertising Sundays, or should I spend 80% of my time um, producing testimony videos or thinking about how can I tell the gospel message on social media or, or things like that. So I think it's really about when you when you understand the vision and the mission that you're on, um, then you can prioritize uh, how things are advertised, what percentage of your week goes on outreach things versus internal things, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and obviously, depending on the time of year, that's going to change. So, you know, sometimes of year it's more difficult. Um, Christmas is super busy. I know everyone is going to be going to be thinking about that. It's, it's coming up, and we're all <laughs> hard at work trying to think of how we uh, retell the Christmas story in a creative way this year, <laughs> different to last year, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's all a balance. Um, but but for me, I, I just think knowing the heart of your leadership team is so important um, because we're here to support them. And, um, uh, you know, if, if they were doing everything, trying to do the media and commas work as well as uh, preaching on a Sunday, as well as pastoring people uh, and all of that, that makes no sense. That's why we have departments that do communications to take that off them. Um, But we want to be communicating their message. And so, um i hear what so from what i'm hearing you saying is you try to make sure that the the majority of your energy is going around kind of outreach activities communicating the gospel talking about uh, meeting people's needs testimony videos all that kind of stuff rather than digital notice board effectively um and i think i think honestly like that's that's even if you look at the in a secular sense if you look at kind of the biggest brands they're the ones you know giving value online that's kind of the best kind of marketing so even even if you're trying to not do marketing that's probably actually the best kind of marketing um because you can talk about when a sunday is and all those kind of boring details so to speak on your website not necessarily on social media i guess so um, and I know that your background's web design too. So why don't you talk a little bit about the website, how you guys use your website? Maybe is there a difference in how you use the website for your main campus compared to your smaller places? Just kind of talk all about your website and, and your thinking behind that. So having said everything, <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things we do find is is people um, literally come through our door. Um, it's either because of the website or yeah. it's because of word of mouth. Yeah, although. So, or both, yeah, and they're the two big, um, if you like, the two big marketing <laughs> strategies, I suppose, um, that that we really see uh, happening is, is word of mouth and the website, um, and the website is huge. So that's that is my my background. So after I graduated uh, university, I worked for an agency. We did websites and mobile apps and all of that stuff, and. Um, it's it's 2019 and websites are incredibly important. I, I would argue the most important communications channel that we have. Um, if if you don't have a website in 2019, um, please get one. <laughs> they're, they're, they're so important. Um, but I'd also say if you've got a website and at the in the footer at the bottom, it's like copyright 2002. 
I'd say, please update your website. <laughs> Even if it says copyright 2012, please update your website. Yeah, I mean, that's it. The amount of church websites that I go on and on the on the on like my desktop, they look great, but you go on your phone and they're not mobile responsive. I mean, that yeah. one thing, you know, sixty to eighty percent of their traffic is going to be coming through a phone, and if it's not working, on, if it doesn't look good on your mobile, you need to sort that out. Um, yeah, kind of fairly exactly. Quickly, you know, so yeah. It's a, it's it's such a huge part of of your communication um, strategy, and um, so often it's the first thing that anybody sees of you as a church um, before they've spoken to anybody in person, before they've visited you on a Sunday, or they've come to like a midweek group. They probably would have googled you, um, hopefully found you because hopefully you're you're coming yeah, up yeah. in those search results. Um, but it's it's super important and. Just as I was, um, Pete gave me these questions earlier, and as I was thinking about this question, I was reminded of um, the verses in 1 Corinthians uh, it, chapter 9. It says this, verse 19, Though I'm free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. Uh, it goes on and on. And then verse 23, it says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. And he's talking about being like this to one person, but like this to another person. It's really, it's speaking and communicating in the language that that person understands for me in this context. And we're in uh, we're in a, an age, we're in a, a time where the language is is digital media, it's websites, it's social media, and that is the language people are speaking. Yeah, yeah. And we have to be communicating in that language. Um, like he says at the end there, for the sake of the gospel, <laughs> for the gospel to be preached, this is one of the areas that we have to preach it. Um, and I just don't think we can we can shy away from that anymore. I mean, we're totally with you, and and I know for us, that's probably one of the verses that we, when we do our training and do a lot of our kind of uh, workshops, we actually base a lot of our material off that off that verse because I think it's mm. in the message. I think I think uh, Eugene Peterson says it like this. He says, um, I, "I think I I do I did all things necessary." So I did all things necessary so that they might hear the gospel. And I think in 2019, you know, we have to be doing all things necessary. And that looks like websites, that looks like social media, that looks like yeah. uh, good design work. That is what all means necessary is today. Um, you know, and so what are you including on your website? So what are you making sure? What is all means necessary looking like on that website? You know, sure. um, so what are you making you know, every and I and then also I assume every week you're doing a little bit of caretaking on that website. So what are you making sure is up to date? Um, you know, you kind of break it down for people. So everyone's like, oh no, I need to make I need to audit my website. What are the five things that they need to kind of be thinking through on their website? Uh, big question because there's there's so much you could talk about. But um, uh, for me, it's um, the the content is up to date. <laughs> Uh, I'd maybe maybe argue that's perhaps the most important thing is we're not showing people something that's out of date. In, in fact, perhaps the bigger thing is to say we're not showing people something that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can include out of date content, but that can include things like um, stock photos. <laughs> you know, I, I I think for us to show somebody our church, but to use a stock photo is it's a bit false. That's not who we are, really. 
Um, and you know, you might say, well, we haven't got any photos and that's maybe that's a separate conversation, but, but for me, it, it's a website that shows who we are It's it's real, it's up to date. Um, and it, it shows people, tells people that we care about them. Um, I believe your website first and foremost is for those that are not part of your church. They're either not saved or, um, perhaps the Christians that have maybe relocated looking for another church. Your website primarily isn't for those already in your church because they're already there. Of course, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. already know what we're doing. They hopefully, know... they know what's going on too. So another meme. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so for me, the focus is it's the non-Christian first and foremost. That's why we're here. We're here to to introduce them to Jesus. So um, if they were to visit my homepage, um, we want to give them a very simple, clear message that says. This is why we're here as a church. Um, this is what you need to know. Um, that's either like we're meeting a need or or Jesus, you know, Jesus yeah, loves yeah. you. Um, we're a home for you. So so for us at Living Rock, um, one of the main things that people, when they're new, they tell us that Living Rock really feels like, um, like a home for them. They use language that's all about a house, a home, and a family. And so... Uh, through the website i want to try and communicate that message to people that if you want to come along and see what we're all about you can experience what a home feels like you can you can come home so for us like so many other churches the the kind of the big heading on the first on the home page is, is welcome home <laughs> um which may seem cheesy and cliche but that is kind of what we believe people find yeah. when they when they come to us um we put real photos on there. We've got really clear information on if you want to visit us in this location or this location, this is what time we meet. This is where we meet. Here's a bunch of things that you can expect. I think it's really important that you, you almost um, overfeed people with enough information that they feel so confident that when they do decide to make that first step and, and come and be with you, that they know exactly what's going to happen and they feel super comfortable. Um, we don't want anybody to feel like, um, I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to make me stand up and read out of the Bible or something? And when we would say, well, no, of course we wouldn't. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but for somebody that's never been to church, maybe they don't know. Of course. That's not what happens. <laughs> you know, um, who's going to look after my kids? Um, I don't have kids, but I know that if you're a parent, um, your kids is probably the first thing that you think about it. Who's going to look after them? What's the kids groups like? When do they go out? Um, how safe is it? Do other people trained? Um, you know, we call it uh, DBS or something here in the UK. Yeah, background um, checks. Yeah. yeah, are these people okay to handle my children? You know, so um, just really making that person feel comfortable. The other thing I would say about your website is the the user experience. Yeah. Um, and this comes back to um, my first question, you know, today in 2019 is, does it work on a mobile phone? <laughs> um, we use Google Analytics like I'm sure many people do. And um, the, the percentage of people that use it on their phone compared to a desktop is staggering. Um, it's, it's maybe 80% or 85% or something. And that's so important. So number one, if it's not working well on a phone, um, that's something I would try and address. Um, but, you know, also when you talk about the user experience, how clear is your information? Um, is there a really 
um, engaging call to action on each page. Um, when we say call to action, we mean um, something that encourages a user to take a next step to do something. That might be to visit you, that might be to call you, that might be to fill a form out or to go to another page or read more or something. But we want to make sure that when people are looking on our website, there's always something for them to do. Yeah. There's always somewhere for them to go um, so that they they kind of don't get bored and leave. <laughs> um, we know that people's attention span these days are, is, is quite low. Um, we want to engage them as soon as we can, keep them interested um, and give them something to do as well. So, um, so yeah, th those are some things that I'd, <clears throat> I'd, um, I'd look at doing. So making it a good user experience, um, making sure that the information is, is clear and up to date, making sure we're presenting ourselves in a real way, um, making sure that, uh, content is fresh, um, and above all else, making sure that we're communicating the reason that we're here. Um, there, there are probably some some things that I'd look at doing. That's fantastic. Uh, and are you finding that people are going? At, do you find obviously the size of your kind of location, so to speak, is variant? And are you finding that people are going on the website for different things based on the location? So you know, if you're going to your bigger site, are people more interested in a different piece of information, or do you find it a fairly standard? Um, a fairly standard kind of everyone's coming for X. And I guess following on from that, are you, how often do you check the Google analytics? Are you seeing where people come off the website and then making changes based on that? Or are you not really kind of interested? Do you not really pay attention to that bit of the Google analytics? Like how much are you checking it and how much you're using the kind of data from Google analytics to kind of feed into your kind of development of the website? So lo locations, first of all, um, we don't have multiple websites for each location. We just have one website. Um, so on there, right on you know the top of it where the, the navigation is, we've got a, a list of locations. Um, reason for doing that is we, we want people to, no matter which location they go to, we want them to know that they're a part of Living Rock Church. Yeah. Um, it's not that Living Rock Church in place A is different to Living Rock Church in place B. Um, aside from the location, like we want people to feel like this is one church, but we just we meet in yep. spaces. So, so when people <clears throat> do visit the website and when we look through the analytics, um, the locations pages are usually quite high in how many people are visiting those pages. Um, after that, it's maybe the podcast page mm. um, and the events page. Um, and then it would probably be things around um, like the what we believe and who are our leaders sort of thing. My guess is that those pages are being visited by other Christians um, because I think if you were not a Christian, I'm not sure if like the leadership page, I'm not sure how much you'd look at that compared with locations yeah, and um, events. Um so that's the other thing you've got to do with, with Google Analytics is, is try and work out, based on the information, who are these people and, and why they're looking at certain things. So we, um, we try and check our analytics about once a month alongside social media analytics, yep. um, podcast analytics. And um, one of the people in our team, I've given him the job of uh, checking them 
and just recording some key information so that we can track over time what's happening. Um, and it's really helpful. It's helpful to look at demographics. Where are the people that are visiting living? Um, are they living in a place where we're considering to plant a church? Um, are there correlations between uh, website users and podcast listeners and the places that they're living? Because um, that kind of stuff's really, really interesting, especially for our leadership team, as they're considering, you know, strategy and, and what, what we do next. That's really helpful. Um, for me, I'm interested in um, what platforms they're using. I'm interested in um, their ages. Um, you know, does does it make a difference um, a 21 year old versus a 69 year old using our website? Um, my guess is yes. <laughs> I would say that they they probably have different reasons for going and want different information. So, so based on all of this, we can we can make some conclusions about um, about what updates we make. And how often are you updating your website? Is that like ongoing? Are you doing up? Are you doing kind of minor adjustments on an ongoing basis, or do you like once every three months? Kind of okay, guys, let's 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 rethink some of these things. How often are you making those changes? Is it ongoing, or is it kind of sporadic, so to speak? Yeah, I think we we try and um, <laughs> it's hard to put a a, a number on it because it's kind of you know. Uh, it, it regularly small things um things like photographs i think they should be changed quite a lot because when somebody goes to your website the photos are the first things that they look at um or videos and and then it's it's headings <laughs> um most people don't sit and read paragraphs of text anymore they just like to scroll through and look at images um so i think it's important to keep those up to date but in terms of like, <clears throat> if we were to do a big sort of redesign um, sort of thing, that might be every every couple of years or every three years, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, we certainly try and do some small things uh, more regularly. Great. And as you know, you're you know you lead a team or you lead a small team. Um, where are you going for inf- where are you going for inspiration? You know, where are you going to uh, get kind of upskilled? Where are you finding you know those days where um, you just need some inspiration? Where are you getting it from? You know, what 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 are the places you're going to? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, first of all, I'd say it's it's so important <laughs> to always be being inspired and, yeah. and to looking for things that inspire you because. Um, it can be so easy to get kind of locked in and focused on on your job, especially if you're the only person, um, and to to go for so long without really getting inspired by other things. So I really try and um, do as much as I can. I I follow other churches and accounts on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm a part of some Facebook groups with other people that have similar jobs which is really helpful because you can ask each other for help and advice. You say to somebody, um, you know, what do you think of my work? Give me some honest feedback because very often when you start off in, in the world of church communications, if you are the only person you, you lose, um, that kind of peer feedback thing, which you can mm-hmm. often find uh, in the industry. Yeah. 
and you often get the job because you're the best person in the environment. So you get the design yeah. job at the church because you're the best designer the church has. Yeah. But the problem is when you're the best designer the church has, you have got no peer to mm-hmm. kind of tell you what you're doing wrongly or yeah. badly. You know, not yeah. wrongly or and, badly, and, good, yeah. bad or wrong. You know. <laughs> yeah, and and, you know and then I mean? how do you keep improving? So course, yeah. it's it's so important to to try and um, find these things, and then. The other things I kind of do is I <clears throat> I keep up to date on like tech news. Yep. Um, I follow like design blogs to try and stay as much as I can at, at the the front of trends and and see what's happening there. Um, I get outside. Yeah. Get into nature. Uh, try and get away from my screen and just sort of appreciate creation and and that kind of thing. Um, I always feel really inspired if I go traveling, um, if I go to any cities or anything like that, um, all of a sudden I find myself wanting to take photos. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kind of love being in that new environment where there's so much to, to see and to do. Um, so, yeah, I love that sort of thing. Um <clears throat> I put on my list Hillsong. <laughs> don't don't we all Hillsong but Elevation. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They're um they're always at, at the front. So <laughs> they're at the front. <laughs> yeah. Um so what tools do you use on a regular basis? And you're like, every church comms person needs to be using these tools. <laughs> I like this question because I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to like these the good tools. And I know that's what everybody loves when they, when they hear this sort of thing, yeah. like, Oh, I'm really interested. What program are they using? So I've just kind of listed, um, maybe the top 10 or 12 that I Come can on. think of that I always use. So and we're going to put all these in the show notes. So if people Great. like don't grab them down, they can go to the show notes and, and we'll, yeah. we'll copy and paste them all in. Yeah. And if oh, any of these companies are listening and they want to sponsor me and give me some money, that's absolutely fine as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, number one, Trello. We use Trello for our uh, kind of project management task lists. Um, super handy if you're a team. Also great if you're an individual. It's free to use um, unless you want some really fancy features, but most people, yep. the free version is perfect. Uh, Slack, we use Slack as like a communications tool, not just within the comms team, but also like with the worship team, guys that do things on Sundays, um, we've got it set up to do some cool automation for different yeah. things as well. So right. Slack's great. Uh, we use Google Drive for um, file storage uh, for us as a as a church as a whole. Um, you can I don't know if this is the same in America, but certainly in the UK you can have Google Drive as a charity for completely free. Fantastic. And um, I think it's pretty much all like unlimited stuff. So that's awesome. Um, this one's a bit boring, but I think very useful. We use LastPass for password management. Oh, password um, management is not boring. It is definitely well, important. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Um, but yeah, we use LastPass. Um, it, it is what it is, password management. <laughs> um, we use Church Suite for our um, church database management, church member login things, the app. like It's absolutely fantastic. I would say any church in the UK church suite is just what they should be yeah. using. Um, yeah. And I'm not getting paid for that yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, if church suite want to sponsor this podcast, I would absolutely yeah. love it. Gavin, if you're listening, um, but he, they're also, they're super helpful. I, I've called yeah. them over year. I've been at 
two or three churches on staff where we've called them up and they're really helpful. And um, I had a conversation with them the other week just from a business perspective, but really great guys. And they're built in the UK. I think for a lot of UK churches, you know, the charity law is different over here than the US. State of protection is different over here than the US. Um, banking regulations are different from over here than the US. And so finding a, a church management software that's built for the UK church is so helpful because it serves the needs of a UK church so specifically yeah. um, from like a gift aid point of view and a GDPR point of view and all those kind of things. And so yeah. I just, there's a few others out there that are built by UK people, but I, honestly, Church Suite is just the best. There's no, yeah. some of them might be cheaper, but Church Suite is just the best. Yeah. It's without a doubt one of the best decisions we've ever made as a church yeah. office. It's it's phenomenal. Similar lines, we use Planning Centre for our worship team, which many people will be familiar with. Yeah. Um, we have a Creative Cloud subscription for our uh, comms and media team. So Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign and Lightroom, all awesome. Um, we subscribe to something called Envato Elements, um, Invato is kind of the the parent company of a lot of uh, websites that people might be familiar with, like Theme Forest and yep. Audio Jungle and things like that. Um, Invato Elements, you can subscribe for a pretty small amount per month and get fonts, um, stock photos, stock video, templates, graphic elements, you name it, you can download it. Um, so that saved us a whole bunch of time when it comes, especially around Christmas. Yeah. If you need to produce like six different Christmas event flyers, yeah. just go there, download some templates and job done in a day. And it's, it's awesome. <laughs> and also you're probably saving yourself a bunch of money because <clears throat> if you were to buy that font when you needed it, buy that stock image when you need it, buy that stock yeah. video when you need it, buy that music for that video when you needed it, you probably would mm -hmm. spend quite a lot of money. But if you're just doing it a subscription, you know, you don't even need to think about yeah. budgeting that into those projects. It's just part no. of your overheads and that, that kind of thing is really, really helpful. Yeah. Producing content on the scale you guys are. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so a couple more here. Um, we use Final Cut for our video editing, which yep. I know some people will love and some people will be like, no, Premiere's yep. the best. <laughs> um, we have something called Noun Project, which is really cool and I really recommend it. Um, Noun Project is a collection of icons, basically. It's like an icon library. Um, but they've got a really good um, Mac app that you can mm -hmm. download and you can just drag icons straight into uh, Photoshop and Illustrator and all oh, of that. Fantastic. Um, so any designs that need any little icons, we always use Noun Project. Um, Great. So that's awesome. Um, I put Spotify on there. Yeah. Because, you know, listen to music we all the time. We need some music. Um, we host our website with Flywheel, which uh, are an awesome company. Um, really, really fantastic. Um, they're WordPress-specific website hosting. So if you have a WordPress site, um, I'd highly recommend them. And then finally, we use Buffer for our social media uh, management. So that's kind of stuff we use uh, regularly. Most of them you can get a nonprofit discount yep. as well, which is really handy. Uh, and just really quickly, why did you choose Buffer over Later or Hootsuite or another competitor? What was your choosing of, of Buffer mm. compared to the others? Um, well, I've looked at uh, Hootsuite. I've looked at Later. I've looked at Sprout Social. Yep. I've had a glance at a few others as well. But of all of them, 
for us, Buffer was the most cost effective when it comes to scaling. So in in my role, I'm trying to think about the bigger picture. And if, if and when we um, plant out more locations and we have to have more social accounts, um, that can start becoming expensive on some of, of course, the platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so th there's that to consider. Um, I find Buffer very simple to use. I find the layout quite straightforward. Um, for me, whenever I've used Hootsuite, I've found it a little bit much yeah. all, all in that kind of layout. Yeah. That's just a personal thing. No, it is, um, it's not. The, the UX <clears throat> could, could do with some work, I think, yeah. on Hootsuite, definitely. Um, we did use Sprout Social, and that was really good. Their reports were fantastic. Um, but when it comes to the price, um, we'd maxed out what we could get and we needed more. So we, we had to move. Yeah, you had to move. Um, but yeah, I, I think Buff is great. great. Um, just to end this, what would your top tips be? So, um, you know, maybe someone sat there, they're a church comms person and they've kind of heard you talk about reframing church marketing. They've heard you talk about church websites and they're like, okay, what do I do now? What would your top tips be? Yeah, um, I think my first tip, which I've, I've kind of already mentioned, but I think it would be to spend some time with your leadership team, the leaders of your church, and to really get to know their hearts and their vision for, for your church. Um, why is your church there? What's the mission? And I think the more you can do that and the more you can, you can um, bring yourself on board with that, I just think everything else that you have to do just makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, you then find it easier to say no to certain things, which um, you know I, I struggled with in the past, saying no no to, to work. Um, but it becomes easier when you know this is what this is yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, I say another top tip is to to always try and push yourself to to be better. It sounds really general, but um, you know, I I truly believe that um, we should be producing things with excellence in the church. Um, I don't think we should be striving for perfection because we'll never attain it, and it's just a bad idea. <laughs> um, but but excellence, absolutely. Um, I think always, always try and push yourself a little bit further, always try and, um, you know, just spend another 10 minutes trying to, to, to make it excellent. Um, balance that with knowing when something is good enough. Um, cause on the flip side, you can keep working so hard that you never get anything finished. Um, so that's been a big, big lesson for me is to know when to say this is fine for what it's for. Um, and knowing the difference between that and no, no, let's keep going and let's go for the absolute best we can do. Um, take lots of breaks, go outside. <laughs> Another top tip. Um, I've put a top tip on here. Read the Bible. Come on. <laughs> you know, we're, uh, although we're, we can get really involved in the practical, you know, let's make a website or let's design a flyer. Um, we're here in a church to communicate the gospel and let's get to know let's get to know the bible let's get to know the gospel let's get to know jesus yeah. in the word and and who he was to try and help us um help us in our communicating yeah. the more we them. we know that the more we know <laughs> how to do it if you like yeah um so yeah i think that'd be that'd be my my final Come top tip. i could probably do, do loads but, yeah yeah 
Absolutely. Oh, Benj, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I just love what you were saying about reframing church marketing. And I think that's what we'll end up calling the episode. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Benj. Everyone else, join you next time. Can't wait for you to join us next time. Don't forget to uh, drop us a rating, a review on your podcast platform. Uh, see you later.